0: And you're right. It, it that's why it sounds so utopian. I think that's why it's getting all this attention. Is if they were just buying up houses, like say you know uh, some of these um, banking companies and some of these finance companies have done, just Black to Rock, run the yeah. blackrock right and sell them at a profit, it, it wouldn't be quite as front page news ish. But what these people are doing is, is on a even more basic level. They're buying the land, and is that a big land grab? Uh, that's something we haven't really seen from rich folk in a while and now we're seeing it and because they're quiet the hype level is is higher than perhaps it deserves to be i'm as interested in it as anyone but i also want answers and i get skeptical when the people spending money don't tell us why they're spending money
1: hi everyone and welcome to the friday september 1st installment of the silicon insider the only uncensored look at life and business in Silicon Valley. My name is Mike Malone, and I'm here with special contributor Scott Budman of NBC Bay Area. You can see he's in the field right now. Our producer is Jordan Henderson. Our East Coast correspondent is Bob Grove. And our host is the Silicon Valley Business Journal. Okay, Scott, so this is the strangest story I've heard in a while, but interesting. Uh, Apparently, a group of high-profile tech billionaires in Silicon Valley have bought up thousands of land acres of land north of San Francisco in Marin kind of near the old Hamilton Air Force Base and uh, 800 million dollars invested to buy this farmland Solano County the corporate name is Flannery Associates and the idea is to build a utopian city I guess this is one of those what are they call 30 minute cities or 15 minute cities. Uh, I get apparently, I mean, these are well known names that so you know them. Uh, in fact, a lot of them have been to my house. Uh, Andreessen Horowitz, partner Mark Andreessen, the legend, Chris Dixon, uh, LinkedIn co founder Reed Hoffman, Stripe co founders Patrick and John Collison. Billionaire philanthropist uh, and Steve Jobs' widow, Lorreen Powell Jobs, and Mike Moritz of Sequoia Capital. This is an interesting group of individuals. They're all very, very wealthy. They're all very bright. They're very different in personalities. You know, I, I mean, their motives, I'm, conf- I'm a little confused. Moritz, it kind of fits with Moritz, I guess. He lives in San Francisco. Uh, I mean, he's had some health problems recently over the years, and I'm interested that he's gotten back all the way to the game. And some of these guys have stepped down from their current roles. and Dresen, who doesn't travel, uh and maybe the reason for this city is he can go to this major new city and not have to get on an airplane, but he's stepped down as the general partner in the new one billion dollar funded Andreessen Horowitz, um, Reed Hoffman, he's uh pulling away from his uh position at Greylock, and i know he was getting real tired of it I, mean, I saw him in action running from room to room to room to room getting presentations from startup teams looking for investment he's become very heavily involved in politics especially in the last two elections to the point that he's kind of become controversial at it and maybe he's t- he's tired of Local government, regional government, creating a city of his own. Uh, Lorene Jobs, she's got money to burn. And uh, it's interesting how these people got together and agreed with the idea of creating a brand new city. What do you think?
0: You know, this is really the hot topic of Silicon Valley these days. And it's interesting. You mentioned that we know these investors. We've talked to these investors. But so far, at least as we speak, they haven't talked much on the record about this. They released a blog post. It's it's interesting to see what this will be. Doesn't quite sound like a company town, a la Hershey, Pennsylvania, or even you know the Detroit of of old. It 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 sounds almost like a real estate deal, as in we're going to buy this land for X and sell it for X plus Y, um, which is just a money play. And the hype around this makes it sound like much more than a money place, some sort of utopian city. But really, is Solano the place for that? It's near a base. I, I just don't understand what they're doing other than creating a lot of hype, but they really need to come out and answer some questions.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued. Is the underlying motive that San Francisco has just become unlivable. It'll take a generation to bring it back. Silicon Valley has become too expensive, but we don't want to leave California because this is where our homes are, this is where our offices are, so we kind of build a new version of the city according to, you know, our technological fantasies of what a city should look like?
0: Maybe. I mean, Silicon Valley, and you could say, you know, pick a city, Cupertino, Santa Clara, whatever, is as close to a company town for tech as you can get, and has been for some time, and, and that sort of uh, tech city idea has morphed into a whole valley and even the whole bay area and now we have other silicon valleys all over the country so tech is doing fine but one thing you notice is yeah housing inequality whether it's in the bay area or seattle or now boston and dc um that's what happens when wealthy people congregate and don't take care of their city's homeless problem and so i don't know that we're going to say hey, real estate is too expensive. Let's all move into this Solano place where, by the way, we're going to make a ton of money by being new real estate. None of this really adds up to a helpful solution in any way other than this sort of utopian view that remember Peter Thiel had when he was talking about seasteading. If you remember yeah. that, like, oh, we'll just go offshore and everything will be fine. Um, these things don't really happen in the real world, though.
1: Yeah, except there's a lot of money behind this and a lot of famous names. You know, Reid seems to be becoming kind of the, the, the George Soros of the Democratic Party. He's kind of moving into that role as a kingmaker. I wonder if these guys are just tired of dealing with governments, that things move too slowly, decisions aren't made quick enough, they're anti-technology, and they're just saying, let's just build a playground of our own where we have control over The politics, we're the landlord, you know, we can decide who comes and who goes. I mean, it's interesting because these guys have invested in competing firms over the last 25 years. So it can't really be a one company town, but I could see them creating what, you know, the original Stanford Industrial Park, the kind of New Athens idea of Fred Terman, now becomes realized in the 21st century with all the infrastructure plus housing.
0: Maybe. But look, you always run into problems. Uber was going to say, hey, taxis don't work. I mean, they've spent billions and billions of dollars and are just now eking out a profit um, with the utopian idea of how to get around. You know, Cruise is trying this now in San Francisco because Lord knows we don't need actual drivers to take you places. All of these tech ideas get a lot of money. Sometimes they work. Often they do not. Um, This, you're right. It, It doesn't feel like just a company town like a Hershey or something like that but it almost does feel like uh hey we're tired of dealing with governments we're tired of all the red tape and that's a great point but listen to John Garamendi the longtime representative who reps that area he's yeah. saying there's no way this happens because they have to go through all of the things that we all do as far as permits and sewage and you know et cetera, et cetera. And, and that-
1: one more thing it's going to happen this year, which is low-income housing in every city in California by mandate. And if the cities don't come up with their own plan, the state will tell them where they're going to build those places. I know Los Altos is going crazy about it. Uh, Sunnyvale just announced the other day 7,500 new housing units. They're going to have to do that in this utopian town, whether they like it or not. They're not going to be able to escape politics.
0: Exactly, and that's what Uber found out, and that's what many companies find out. Um, and, and you're right; it, it that's why it sounds so utopian. I think that's why it's getting all this attention. Is if they were just buying up houses, like say, you know, uh, some of these um, banking companies and some of these finance companies have done, just Black to turn them around, yeah. BlackRock, right, and sell them at a profit, it, it wouldn't be quite as front page news ish. But what these people are doing is is on a more basic level. They're buying the land. And is that a big land grab? Eh, That's something we haven't really seen from rich folk in a while. And now we're seeing it. And because they're quiet, the hype level is is higher than perhaps it deserves to be. I'm as interested in it as, as anyone, but I also want answers. And I get skeptical when the people spending money don't tell us why they're spending money.
1: Well, I it's interesting. They did it very quietly because if we're gotten out, they would have been paying a lot more than $800 million. This apparently is a hundred and forty different properties, wind farms, conservation projects, energy infrastructure, you know, grazing lands. I mean it's right off Highway 12 up there as pretty open land. And we all we've all been there going to like marine world in the old days. Um they did it quietly. And now it's being dropped on us, and it'll be interesting if they can pull this thing off without a lot of resistance, because that's pristine land up there, pretty much. There's not a lot of that left in the valley. On the other hand, if I was the state of California, I'd say, "Hey, better here in the Bay Area than in Austin, you know, or in Florida or in Idaho, which is where companies seem to be going these days."
0: Oh, you're right. I mean, a lot of the tech money is either leaving or complaining about the bay area and so here you have really i mean one of the more impressive collection of tech wealthy people that we've ever seen in one place at one time and where are they buying the land? just up the road from silicon valley a bit in the bay area the outer bay area but it's still solano and that's the bay area and i think that's why the john garamendi's of the world are almost surprising like the hubris of these people to say, we're just going to plop down and buy a whole city here in the Bay Area of all places. You know, you've got to admire the, the gumption. I just don't know where it goes from here, really.
1: Okay, well, it'll be interesting. You got to remember, that's within commuting distance of UC Davis, too. You could live in Davis and commute to work there. And that's a whole new body of really smart people sitting right there. Maybe that's going into their equation, too. Sure, uh, sure. And they can live all in Marin now.
0: Davis will be the new Berkeley or the new Stanford. New Berkeley, new Stanford, yep. Waggies.
1: Uh, okay, uh, it looks like we're having a soft landing on the economy. Uh, employment numbers were pretty good. The president just came out today and made an announcement for the Rose Garden. Didn't get any questions, but... He seemed pretty upbeat about the unemployment rate. Uh, Even inflation seems to be softening just a little bit, except for all the consumer goods that we're all, like buying gasoline right now on Labor Day weekend. What do you think? I mean, we've heard two weeks ago, nah, the, the numbers are not looking good. The bond market isn't looking good. We're heading into a serious recession in October, You know the usual October surprise. Now it's looking like, maybe not. The stock market's saying, hey, this is pretty good news. Let's not worry about inflation. Let's just worry about employment and unemployment. What do you think?
0: I mean, it's and we've talked about this before, it's hard to have both sides of the equation work out perfectly where unemployment is really low because job growth is strong and prices come down. I mean, they just don't go together. People say, I've got a job. I've got money to spend. I'm going to buy things. That makes the prices go up so we have inflation even though it's slower than it was by quite a bit yeah. And yet at the same time we have job growth and that's a pretty good one-two punch it's hard to ask for much more than that i'm still surprised and disappointed that our minimum wage is so low i'd like to see that higher across the country you know for living wages for everybody um right. but really the unemployment rate remaining as low as it is given you know, what consumers are doing and what the Fed did with interest rates is, I believe you're right, a soft, if we haven't landed, you know, a soft cruise towards the landing right now. Now you talk about October surprises. Our economy is still vulnerable to a black swan event. And that could happen anywhere. You know, we were doing pretty well before the invasion of Ukraine. And you know how that rocked everything. Uh, So that's still certainly possibly out there. But considering You know, what I like to see in the economy personally is people being able to work and and make a living and put food on the table. They're able to do that. That has helped the consumer side. And right. That means inflation is still there because people are still buying. um, But uh, but it has slowed down. And so I think if you're the Fed right now, you're thinking, phew, we curbed inflation and we didn't wreck the economy and, you know, cause a recession. and, And that's a good thing.
1: I can remember as a kid, 4% unemployment was good. That was the sign of a balanced economy that that people coming in and out of jobs, 4% was really nice. And we're actually below that now. So that's impressive, what we've been able to do coming out of such a massive dislocation that uh, COVID did to us. Now, you talk about Black Swan events, Germany is going to have it's going to be the only country advanced country in the world developed country that may have a negative GNP this year Germany has now become a sick country mainly because manufacturing has been shifting China another possible black swan event given three or four typhoons now the collapse of the real estate industry China could collapse before years end in a big way and then finally this one came out today south korea's birth rate is now has fallen even further they're not even close to replacement rate i mean south korea could literally have its population in the next 10 15 years and they're a major you know support support to the world economy i mean there's some scary black swans out there but for now all we can do is watch them i guess
0: right i mean That's always been the case. And you try to keep an eye on it. You try to prepare, which you really can't do for a black swan event by definition. But overall, really, look at the economy. I think that's why the stock market remains uh, pretty strong. I mean, look at some of these tech stocks. They're hanging in there. Uh, They're selling a lot of product. You've got AI coming into San Francisco to help that. You know, it's a strong time right now. Um, I mean, heck, we've even seen a few companies in the last week or so file for IPOs. We hadn't seen that in a long time. And that shows not only strength but an appetite for risk, and that we haven't seen in a while.
1: Even Nvidia's got more good news. Apparently, their supply chain challenges keeping their inventory up looks like they've overcome it, and they're making a company. Uh, where the hell? Oh, in South Korea. Speaking of South Korea, you get a company called SK Hynix, which makes memory to very, very fast, dense memory chips that go alongside the NVIDIA processors, they're doing really well. I mean, that's a company we've never heard of before, but apparently they're going right through the roof. Part of this kind of penumbra of really good news around NVIDIA and it keeps getting better. So let's go on to uh, Elon stories. We always have Elon stories. Did you hear that X, uh, two things about X. One of them is they're gonna start collecting biometric data on users, really, you know, they they have to, can, do you volunteer that information or do they just capture it?
0: Well, no, I don't think they can just capture it, you have to volunteer it, and I'm not sure how they're going to do it because they haven't said they said in their sort of list of things that we might take from you, and it now says biometric information. I mean, think about when you uh turn on your iphone or even register for things now through apple it's face recognition you can buy things with your thumbprint these are conveniences but again it is biometric data we are putting out there and how that would be used for twitter or x i I don't know um i wonder if they're going to come out with some sort of a payment you know feature or something i guess it's
1: part of x premium
0: yeah right right which do you want x premium Do you want to put your money into this company right now? Do you want them to have any financial information about you right now? Not to mention biometric information. They're trying to be a much larger presence in your life. And that usually only works when you have the trust of people that use you as a service. Twitter right now, and I can say this is someone who uses it frequently and has a big benefit from it. There doesn't really have to be any trust. They have very little information from me. And I like it that way. Um, so I, I don't need to know, gee, I can do my finances there or anything like that. Cause that's not what it's for, for me. Uh, but I know they have much larger aspirations, but really they have to earn the trust of their user base and they've been working against that for some time.
1: I mean, is this the right time to go down the Facebook path?
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't the right time to change the name to X either. Come on. Well, they that's, a,
1: that's fun. my next little item. Do you know about the backlash? that there's an app out there now you can use so when you go when you do your tweets you can put the bluebird back on there <laughs> and every time you post you can call it a tweet and not a post there, there's this, there's this whole rear guard action of tw- of Twitter lovers who are fighting this X thing as with tooth and nail
0: yeah i mean look call it what you want to call it <laughs> the brand i think suffered Um, because Twitter is a really big brand and X is a letter. And, you know, you all know what X stands for. That's an awkward thing to change right away. And they're still dealing with that. And they're, you know, they're moving along and they still have users who are posting instead of tweeting or whatever. But um, much like Meta or Alphabet, I still in my daily life hear a lot of people talk about Twitter and tweets, whether they're tweeting or Xing. it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, I used to get letters from Xerox all the time because I put Xerox in the newspaper stories. And they say, no, no, you can't use that term. you know. And everybody used it anyway. I mean, usually it's legal problems. Okay, one more uh, Tesla story, one more Elon story. Did you read this thing about Tesla seems to be using internal funding for a Project 42, which is to build... Elon a glass house near Austin?
0: You know, again, I read this, I don't, I don't give it much credence yet. Who knows? Elon has enough, enough money to build himself a glass house. He owns a significant part of the company. Um,
1: well, apparently though there's Tesla workers working on the place reportedly, right. that's
0: the problem. How do we not have pictures of this glass house if indeed somebody is building that's- Elon Musk, a giant glass house? Oh, you tv guys you always got to have a visual <laughs> until you bring it. we do need a visual and and it's almost when i read this for the first time like someone's messing around here because what do they say about people in glass houses right and who cool. grows more stones other than elon musk so to me this has a folklore sort of aspect to it but look maybe he's building a glass house bless him he's worth god knows how much money um i'm not going to worry about that i'm going to worry about uh you know the dangers of self-driving or are we going to make enough cars to help the environment et cetera et cetera I'm not going to worry about if he's living in a wood house or a glass house
1: okay let's go on to AI real quick is the bloom off the AI rose I mean I'm seeing every company I know I was talking to a guy who's an AI expert he says I don't know a company that's not trying to figure out how to implement AI in their operations and yet at the same time these companies that these startups had jumped in after ChatGPT and, you know, going full fog, full hog on uh, AI. A lot of them are starting to have trouble. Uh, they're not getting their products out. They're laying off people. And, uh, you know, like most booms, everybody jumps in at the beginning. And then they start to shake it all out. And AI seems to have not only business challenges, but the process itself. And in fact, uh, my last item for the day is, did you read the story about Gannett? You know, I was a being a newspaper man. uh, Gannett apparently is not only in the midst of laying off hundreds of employees, partly because of their new dependence on A.I., but then the A.I., they're having to pull that back because it was it was running high school newspaper high school sports stories in their regional and local newspapers that sounded like they were written by someone who had just landed on earth you know i mean and yeah. so they're having they're having to shut down their ai even as they're laying off employees because they're implementing ai
0: right um and that's a problem because you're laying off workers because of this great new technology that turns out not to be great for certain things. Is the bloom off the AI rose? No, it's still blooming. But look, we don't yet know how to harness this in many places. And if you're a newspaper that literally counts on humans writing things and getting things correct, you should know if you've been paying attention the last six months, that AI isn't very good at that. And so you're going to be embarrassed as Gannett was if you're turning things over to the machines because they're just not ready yet. Look, we're dealing with the same thing with these driverless cars in San Francisco. They're just stopping not ready. Fire
1: trucks, stopping when fire trucks are coming in the middle of the street,
0: yeah. Uh, you're just not ready for prime time and neither are the sports writing robots. And so, you know, I don't know what to say about this. AI as a cost cutting tool is not there, especially when it comes to writing and organizing and getting facts correct. It's just yeah. theory.
1: I think it should stick to the sales and earnings reports on the business page, get out of sports writing. Cause that, those are the best writers on the paper. I mean, that, that one may be the last to go. Uh, okay. And finally, uh, the uh, Apple iPhone event, they have, they have, they're, they're reporting, at least the Apple press is reporting a new phone. What do you know about it? You're going to buy one. You're going to buy, is it, time for you now to buy the the previous <laughs> generation so no, no, like you no, always no, right did.
0: i i still have to wait a generation or so before i allow myself to buy a new one look the, the, the interesting thing about this one and and this shows where we are i think in in cell phone world that there is something new but it has to do with the chargers because now thanks to the eu we have these charger standards which i i am all for so that my charger will fit your charger will fit you know and others and that makes it easy you don't have quite as many charging ports and cords and plugs at home and that's wonderful I'm all for that um but really let's face it the big news is people talking about charging points yeah ports. that's that's it's not it's like
1: select. it's like how many cup holders in your minivan
0: uh, right exactly as if there was a cup holder standard in minivans that's not sexy that's not all that you know we're not really moving the bar forward on technology it, it's it, it is important and that's good news the standards, etc. But right, that's really what we're talking about. That's not all that exciting. Um, And, you know, I'll I'll wait until September 12th I'll be there. I've got my invite to see what they say. I don't want to write it off and say, well, we're not going to get anything new except a new charging standard. Apple doesn't work that way. But really, it's been a very, very gradual movement with these phones. And that's being kind.
1: We're We're down to increments now.
0: Yeah. And if you're going to say, gosh, every year I'm going to spend eleven, twelve hundred dollars $1,200. Um, I just think there should be more than, hey, we've adopted the EU's charging standard, but that's just me.
1: Okay, that's it for now, folks. We'll let Scott go back to finishing covering his story. You can find us on the Silicon Valley Business Journal homepage, as well as on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Have a great uh, three-day holiday weekend if you're in the States. And to our growing numbers of uh, listeners and viewers, in france and in india hi everybody welcome aboard we hope you, we keep you entertained in the weeks ahead bye bye